This past Friday was the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And June is the month set aside for this long-standing Catholic devotion. I'd like to have a word about it today since it's a form of piety that's universal in the church. Sometimes I think people may get the wrong idea about the Sacred Heart. Since the human heart is such a facile symbol of love, it can be taken to be more on the emotional or even sentimental side of things. In this sense, the Sacred Heart can be out of favor to those of a less emotional disposition. I maintain, however, that the Sacred Heart is for everybody, no matter what his inclinations may be, if only he will give himself over to Christ and, as he said, learn from me, learn of the treasures found in his heart. This devotion is a mystical thing, something that can't be comprehended without an appreciation of mystical things. And by mystical here, I don't mean something vaporous or gushy, but something very real and solid, although it is supernatural. The main thing I want to say about the Sacred Heart, from his side of things, is that what may be discovered there is virile, powerful. Our Lord's heart is not a symbol of saccharine affectation, but of virtues. That is to say, strengths. Strengths in the heart of the Son of God. These virtues are all we could ever hope to obtain from God. And in Christ's heart, we find principally two things, mercifulness and charity. These are not weakling qualities in God, but virtues characteristic of the God incarnate. And therefore, It is manful for Christ, as God made man, to be forgiving when he's been affronted by the insolence of his people. Mercy is not then wimpiness in Christ. As we well know from our own experience, it takes a great moral strength to be sparing, pardoning, forgiving of injuries, insults, corrections, ridicule, and many other forms of ill treatment. But for God, who is infinitely greater than we in dignity, to be so disposed towards us ought to stun us over his abiding readiness to be sparing 
of our defiant willfulness. This mercy of Christ is one aspect of the Sacred Heart that's of immense relevance and value for everybody. But note that it's not because God doesn't care when He's offended, as if He were a weakling. Quite the contrary. It's because He's so toweringly mighty that we should be mightily impressed by the deference, the forbearance, the humility of the heart of Jesus. The other most notable virtue here is His love. And here is where I suspect there's a potential for misunderstanding. Notice that we are speaking here not of a human love, but of God's love channeled through the sacred humanity of the God-man. Our human love no matter how noble or when it's wrong-headed, ignoble, our human love is only an analogy, a faint likeness of what love is in Christ. It resembles somewhat the selfless love of a parent for his children. But again, that's only a faint comparison. Christ's love for us is not a gratifying feeling that couldn't be for God. Rather, it is a committed, decisive goodwill towards us. The Lord wants our good eternally, permanently, but also here in this life. This is a love that knows no boundaries and is so entirely dispossessed of selfishness that it went to the ultimate lengths of torture and a cruel death to express it and to win us as its prize. No greater love is there, he said, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Again, we see that love in Jesus is not soft, effeminate affectation that's often mistaken for the strong, self-sacrificing reality that it is in the heart of Christ. Now, if we're debunking a distorted sense, a caricature of the divine heart of Christ, we should also boldly dispel that cowardly weakness that we sometimes pass off as our return love for Him. And by this I mean that we may tell our Lord that we love Him, but we should consider that He, who knows all things, who can't be deceived, who can read our hearts with infallible accuracy, knows us very well. And so sometimes we give the Lord lip service. That's his own term. Lip service of love instead of obedient love 
Loving God is not a matter of sentimentality, but of obedience. If you love me, he said, keep my commandments. Our deceitful protestations of love for God must resemble to him more the kiss of Judas than of those who are obedient to his commandments. Who needs loving words accompanied by sinful deeds? Is that pleasing to Christ? Now, I don't mean to say that we shouldn't express our love for the Lord in words. But we need to cut through the artifice, the pretense. For our Lord complained of it when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I've been trying to say in so many words that the devotion to the Sacred Heart is often distorted and misrepresented as a namby-pamby thing. It's no excuse for a solid loyalty, a firm allegiance, and conformity to his laws. Otherwise, we would run the risk of falsifying the very real and potentially spiritual force of the heart of Jesus and turn that rock-solid channel of grace into a cheap caricature and even an object of scorn by those who have no understanding of it. In the old rite of Mass, in the Tridentine Mass, for the feast day of the Sacred Heart, the priest is ordered to say the act of reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That prayer makes it clear that this devotion is meant to help rebalance the scales of divine justice by repairing the offenses we've given to God. And so after Mass today, just before saying the rosary, I want to say this prayer, and I ask you to follow it along with me mentally. By saying it, May the Lord be pleased with our intentions, and may he be appeased by our sincerity. This reparation is his wish, and it's also ours, who are devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus.